0: Welcome to Game & Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And with 2023 coming to a close, we've decided to come to you with a special episode. We are going to talk about our top 10 games of 2023.
1: Yeah, and... There's a little bit of a caveat to that, right? It's going to be our top 10 personal favorites that we played in 2023 for the first time. Correct. However, however. We are going to remakes and remasters are fair game, but we're going to deliberately leave off games that we've played a ton so that we can give recognition to other games correct and that's a little i guess that's a little bit of a an odd an odd way of putting it so i'll give an example um i am not going to include metro prime remastered on my list despite it being one of my absolute favorite games of 2023 they did a phenomenal job remastering it but really nothing is new here whereas there is at least one remake of the year that came out this year that i may or may not include on my list that changed enough where i would count it as playing the game for the first time does that make sense
0: that does make sense and i also i have a remaster on my list um but i feel as though again like you're saying i feel like this remaster changes so much that it's fundamentally like playing kind of a different game so that's why i made my
1: I have a feeling that it probably will be on my list as well if I'm thinking of the same one Um, because I don't think they've remastered
0: Pokemon Violet yet. So it can't be that. I can't wait for that eventual (laughs) re-release. It's going to happen like 15 years from now.
1: What's going to happen is they're going to make it the game that it could have easily been on the Switch. (laughs) Like the Switch could have (laughs) easily been able to play a game of better quality. But yeah. Do
0: you you think that um, the, the designers and programmers of pokemon violet and scarlet just openly weep when they see how tears of the kingdom runs and how big it is i hope they do i, I mean you do. could say the same thing about a lot of games i mean you did you play Metroid prime remastered when it came
1: out or no i did yeah i mean that game run it's a phenomenal looking and it looks better than pokemon it violet does. you know i mean they did a lot it's just it's kind of crazy but enough of that. Um, should we do some um, random anecdotes and reflections on 2023 and gaming before, sure. <laughs> before well, we do I, our list? Uh, should we
0: do some episode padding? Yeah, why not? Why don't Why don't you start us off? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's if you terrific. listen, if you want to introduce, well, no, I can start us off. Um, so this year, uh, there was a normally um, Edgar and I usually do a lot of things together. Um, you know, we are husband and husband. Um, we watch TV together. We will play video games together. Um, and we don't generally do a lot of things separately, uh, but we do sometimes there's a game that came out this year that obliterated our relationship for about a couple weeks. In what way? I, I don't mean that seriously. I just mean it in the way of like, Edgar would say, Hey, do you want to watch a movie tonight? And I would just say, get out of here. I'm playing fill in the blank. And he would just be kind of like, Oh, <laughs> still, still on that. Huh? Okay, I guess. <laughs> if it's Pokemon Violet,
1: I'd say that's grounds for divorce.
0: Okay, Pokemon. To be fair, I will. I will make the disclaimer right now. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out in 2022. It did not come out in 2023. Oh, oh okay. The tail end of 2022. Okay, but good. 2022. 2022- good.
1: Thanks for clarifying that because I was not going to be the end of my Scarlet and Violet jokes. I completely forgot that they did not come out this year. No. I, there was actually. I don't know about you, but I went back and. To, to prepare for this, just to kind of make sure I understood all the games that I played and I made like a big list. I looked at like my Switch history and I looked at my PlayStation history just to make sure because there were a couple games that I didn't realize I played and beat in 2023 until I like looked them up. And I don't think I included a single game. Every game that I have on my list is a game that I both started and finished in 2023.
0: Okay. Every game on my list is a game I played. okay
1: <laughs> i I mean obviously we couldn't have done an episode on top ten best games that we finished, no. or else you'd have no games on your list.
0: <laughs> I finished Ib. <laughs> and I finished fishing vacation. That's true. I finished all the games for the show. okay, how about that? <laughs> uh. uh yeah.
1: That's true. And some games have different definitions of finish, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, but um, I mean, not every game on my li- Well, I guess I have some honorable mentions that are not really games that you finish necessarily. They're kind of like endless in a in a sense. But I don't know. Do you want to do any any honorable mentions? I, I feel like there are games that I mean, I'm glad I mentioned Metro Prime Remastered. I wanted to mention that because it wasn't going to be able to be on my list. But, you know, like. Obviously, I wasn't going to mention Bloodborne because I played it so many times. You know, I can't, that's not going to be on my list. I want to get I want to make some room for some to talk about some other things. And there's I, I counted. Um, Well, I, was, I don't know why I'm saying that it was very easy to count. Only one game on my list we did for the show. And that's not to say I don't like the games we do for the show. It's just a lot of those games are games I played a lot of uh, many times Exactly. Or yeah, I mean that's really it. I think there was really only one game that we covered this I, I shouldn't say that. Maybe there was one game that we covered this year that I had never played before. I can't well, fishing vacation, but that anyway, that didn't make my list. But I don't know. How about you? Uh with regard to what? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even do remember any, what I was talking about. <laughs>
0: do you have any gaming anti- anecdotes?
1: Um just I mean, a broad sweeping I'd say that I I've never actually tallied, and I didn't really actually do a count, but I've never actually written down the names of all the games I've played in a year. And it's more than I thought for this year, which means it's probably been more than I thought for every year. And I replayed, a, I replay a lot of games and I beat games pretty quickly, I suppose. Because if you think about like how much free time I have and how I spend it, like I'm kind of like sometimes surprised that I played as many games as I played. But then again, like some of these games are not long. And other games, I just kind of binge and that just becomes my life. There is a, one particular example of that. But yeah, I mean, this was a good this was a good year for gaming. And, and I guess maybe the other thing to say is that um, of the games that I play like on my list, I think all but one came out in
0: 2023. Yeah, which I'm is interesting. My list and. Yeah, all but 1 came out in 2023.
1: Interesting. I so that yeah. that I didn't really notice that until now. I mean, I I I next to my on my list, I put 2023 next to any game that came out in 2023 with the intention of actually like thinking about this. And I didn't actually think about it until now, live recording. And that and and I shouldn't, I guess I'm kind of cheating because at least one game on my list existed before 2023, but the version I played came out in 2023, but still like these are 2023 releases and I replay a lot of video games. And so I, I, I'm just kind of surprised actually. I mean, I guess that means 2023 was a good year for video games. Just looking at
0: my list, I would say it was. Yeah. Um, But do you want to jump into it?
1: Yeah. We want to give like two honorable mentions of first time played, um, not replays that didn't make your list. What, what, what didn't make your list?
0: Um, what didn't make my list was um, Diablo 3, which I had never played before. Um, I never played a Diablo game before. And with Diablo 4 coming out, I kind of wanted to dip my toes into the franchise. I probably should have played Diablo 2, but I wanted to play something a little bit more modern. And um, it was fun. You know, it's not like a game of the year, um, but it's it's got like Gauntlet Legends DNA. It's addicting. Edgar and I played a little bit together. It's fun to do with co-op. And... Um, It has that borderlands like, oh, you get loot, but your fire damage is increased by plus point zero zero three percent. And somehow you fall into a rabbit hole of obsessing over the different stat boosts and things like that of your equipment. And um, yeah, I mean, again, it's not the best game ever, but it's it's a decent time. Okay. yeah. How about you?
1: I'll name two, both Mario games. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder did not make my list, but I thought it was a fun game and I would recommend it. And then Mario Golf Super Rush was a game I hadn't played until this year. I think um, if I'm wrong, whatever, it's not on my official list, but I, I don't think I downloaded it until this year. And I had, a, I had
0: a good time playing that. It's a good game, but again, it's not like top tier, um, but it's it's a fun time for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other game on my list that you are going to dislike uh, is good old hogwarts legacy for switch wait that's
1: on your top 10 or is that no your honorable mention? No,
0: no, no no it's an honorable mention. oh fine as it's long as it
1: didn't make top the top 10. 10 i mean that's 10 games that thank god you you played and enjoyed
0: more than that game yes um i will say i bought it purely out of morbid curiosity to see how such a massive game would run on the switch and the answer is not well um <laughs> but it's passable And there's enough to the game that it keeps me coming back for more. It's your standard open world um, action RPG. There's nothing, you know, it's, you find dots on a map, you collect things, you do basic combat, uh, you fulfill quests, that's it. Um, But the Harry Potter trappings, regardless of JK Rowling's shitty politics, um, the Harry Potter trappings are charming, uh, and I do like them. All right. So... All right, shall we do our official one through ten? Yeah, let's do it. Ten to one, let's do it. All right, would you want? uh, Would you like to start us off? Sure. My number ten is Octopath Traveler Two. Okay, a game I did not play, even though I played Octopath One. Tell me about Octopath Two. So it continues a lot of the
1: things I like about Octopath One. I think it has an excellent score, very engaging battle, and just the graphics are just a feast for my eyes i love the whole like two and a half d whatever you want to call it uh style of jrpgs
0: oh so I, I, do i g-
1: give me more games like that like final fantasy 6 we probably said it before remake final fantasy 6 with these graphics please they will and two, please.
0: watching octopath one what i just entranced me is seeing those graphics but then the light the modern lighting effects oh my gosh 2.5 gra- like incredible yes.
1: So incredible, and and I would say this series with this game remains weak in kind of like the character development like spot like you you don't really come for the story. I mean, at least I don't. I just kind of this really like triggers or like hits all of um like the sweet spots for me for like JRPG dopamine rushes. And while I, I do think the character work was stronger in this game than the first game, it's still not like. I wouldn't say it's a master class in, in, in character based storytelling, but I, I had a really good time with it and I definitely binged it. I think I got my Nintendo year in review and I think it was my second most the, the game I put the second most amount of hours into on switch this year. Wow. So, I mean, it's it's a long game and, and you know me, I beat a game to death, usually beat all the super bosses. So, oh, yeah. yeah, uh, it, it's a good game.
0: I'm glad to have it on my list. Very good. Very good. Uh, my number ten is not a game um, per se. It is a DLC, um, and whether you think that's allowed or not, not you, you James, you the listener, go fuck yourself because it's my podcast. What, what I want? What,
1: what if? Wait, what, what if I don't agree? I'm fine. Well, it,
0: but what if I did? Yeah, then I would continue on. Okay, uh, and that is number ten is uh, the teal mask DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. See, uh, they got on the list somehow. Still got it on there. Um, it's number 10. I love Pokemon, as you know. I can overlook some of its glaring flaws. Uh, but even though a lot of the reviews said that the DLC didn't fix a lot of the problems in the main game, I feel like it still offered enough of a new experience and a new environment and a completely new Pokedex, uh, to, again, keep me coming back for more. I finished my Kitakami Pokedex. I finished my Scarlet and Violet Pokedex. I had a generally very good time with the Teal Mask. And it goes down easy. It's probably like a six hour adventure. Um, And there's a a quartet of brand new Pokemon to uh, No, there's even more than that. There's probably like six new Pokemon to uh, catch and play around with. So the Teal Mask Mm. gets my number 10 spot.
1: We don't have to get into this now, but I, I am endlessly fascinated with how you are okay with finishing a Pokedex, but don't want to get 128 stars in Mario 64
0: can't do it won't do it
1: i just don't i don't understand (laughs) it whereas like when i when i played scarlet i was like i'm gonna fill out the pokedex and then i was like i have so many better things to do in my life (laughs) than do that so i'm the opposite i'm
0: the opposite i think it's because like yes they're digital creatures they don't really exist but i think of it like i have my own little collection of these guys and i want to get all of them whereas the stars they're just stars they're just these objects i don't care as much hmm what's your number nine my number nine is final fantasy three um to clarify this is one i was talking about earlier i did play final fantasy three for the ds however i feel like this is different the, enough i the count pixel it rem- yeah the pixel remaster is different enough to where I'm going to consider it kind of its own thing.
1: I mean, let's let's talk pixel because I'll give a hint. It's I got I got at least one of those on my list. Uh, let's talk about pixel remaster, remasters generally now. We maybe can go a little bit faster through the other ones later in that. Like, what does it offer that makes this such a new experience? We did talk about this a little bit in our Final Fantasy four episode, but like talk about it again.
0: Yeah. So it features um, completely redone sprite work. And if you, it's kind of interesting, if you go back and look at comparisons, the original sprite work versus the new sprite work, the new sprite work is actually relatively different, but it does a phenomenal job of keeping the spirit of the original sprite work. Also, like we talked about in Octopath, the backgrounds are, you know, the same, of course, as they were back in the day for the most part, at least in design, but they have, again, those modern lighting effects on them, not as much as Octopath, but enough to be noticeable. Um, the audio, the music is all remastered and kind of remixed. Um, and it's not the original beepy boopy uh, Nintendo music. And um, I, what else? What else is great and or. Oh, about? I mean, you're you're glossing over the key part, which is. the oh, do and, and guild yes. boosts. Yes. Tell me about
1: that. It makes playing the game a, a whole different experience. You can just like you don't have to get bogged down by the by the outdated grinding mechanics. I mean, you can just blaze through the game and bless square for doing that some people argue that these peaceful re- remasters don't do enough I say they do just fine and I know and I can say this because I played four of the remasters this year and it was breezy
0: yeah the one complaint I have about the remasters before I jump into Final Fantasy 3 specifically is that I don't like the fact that they reuse all the spell animations across all the games
1: yes I agree. I don't like that. I, I, I do agree with that and it's something that like I didn't even notice until someone brought it up and now I can't unsee
0: it and it, it might have been me. me. I might have done I, that. I, th- I think you did do it. Yeah. Um, But Final Fantasy 3 specifically uh, makes the list because it is a very solid early Final Fantasy. I had played Final Fantasy 2 earlier this year which was kind of a garbage train wreck, but still fun to plot through. Final Fantasy three is completely different. It's very like linear, focused. You know where you're going, you know what you're doing, and it has the job system for the first time in the series. It's not as deep or complicated as Five or Tactics or other series series that are g- series games that feature the job system, um, but it's robust enough and interesting enough to make me want to grind um, and kind of max out those jobs. Of course, only on four times experience. Of course, yeah. of course. So, nice. tell me your number nine Final Fantasy 16. Oh, okay. Yes. Please tell me more because, um, I, you know, I've heard from you playing it here and there a little bit, but give me like a concise, solid reason why it's one of your top 10 of the year.
1: So, 16 gets a spot for the voice acting and the story, not as much for the gameplay. I actually was a little bummed out by the gameplay, I thought it was a little oversimplistic. It's certainly very easy. I think this is a pretty easy Final Fantasy game overall, which in a way I liked. I just wish it was shorter, like in the sense that like the pixel remasters are easy if you have the boosts on and they're thankfully shorter games than Final Fantasy 16 is. And and I, I didn't like Platinum Final Fantasy 16, by the way, but I did do like yet. all the side quests and... I'm just I'm not a fan that you can really only control Clive, uh, the main character and his dog. You can't there's no party management in this game. And I don't like when Final Fantasy makes party management of like really a chore, but there's none of it in this game. And it it kind of loses a little bit of the flavor of Final Fantasy in that sense. But there's plenty of other Final Fantasy related themes and imagery and enemies, obviously, to to, to you know, to munch on if you're a Final Fantasy fan. And but really where this game stands out to me is the story. It's very like Game of Thrones influence, and it was literally Game of Thrones influence, according to the director. The English voice acting is quite good. And I had just a very good time playing this game. It wasn't it didn't like blow me away in the sense of like it had plot twists that just pulled the rug out from under me. But like it was a good story that progressed well is even better, arguably, if you don't do all the side quests. But the side quests are meaningful in most cases. Even when the gameplay of the side quests can get boring, the story is not usually. And so I, I'm, I applaud Final Fantasy for that. I, I, I thought it was a good game. It is not in my top tier Final Fantasy games, but it was good enough to, I think, you know, to warrant placement here over other games I played this year.
0: Nice. And uh, DLC is coming. I just saw.
1: Yeah, or it might even already exist. I but it's paid DLC, I think, and I am right. not entirely motivated to do that, to be honest with you. Fair, so fair we'll see. One um, day when I
0: get my PS Five, I will get the Game of the Year or whatever edition that has all of it. In. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, my number eight is Dave the Diver.
0: Yeah, tell me about that too, because it's a game I've want been wanting to uh, kind of, no pun intended, dip my toe into. I mean, it's uh, because. A- I hear yeah. great things both from you and from the gaming press at large.
1: It is a good game. It is a, a very charming, like kind of pixely looking um, kind of life sim type game where you play a diver named Dave who dives. Uh, you'd spend your like your days diving into the water to find fish to catch. You upgrade your diving equipment to help you dive deeper and like have a little longer um, without needing to go find like air you know, um, you can do like air packs down there, you can get to extend how much time you spend down there. Um, you can upgrade weapons, all that kind of thing. And all the point of this is so you can catch a bunch of fish, you could come back and help run a sushi restaurant. You basically are the manager of a sushi restaurant run by a master chef. There is so much to do in this game, almost to the point where it gets a little overwhelming. And I guess maybe that's my one criticism of it is they game. Starts slow and is paced well and then throws a lot at you. I mean, you don't have to do you don't have to engage with a lot of the things, but it's usually in your best interest to do it. And so someone like me is always going to be very tempted to engage with all these things. It is a game that also, for better and for worse, tries to be a lot of things. There are so many like things in this game. There is like a Stardew type Stardew Valley type farming element. There is like a, a part of the game where it's like a, um, like a side scrolling shooter. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does like a whole, there's a rhythm game section. Like it's, it just takes like little segments uh, like that are inspired by other video games. And, and it really, I think it keeps things fresh, but it's just an endlessly charming and beautiful looking game with some good, peaceful music. You might, you may or may not call the management of a sushi restaurant and trying to make maximum profit while getting followers and then managing your staff and upgrading your staffs, you know, um, you know, stuff like like sending out ads to, to get good staff and hiring the right people and upgrading their stats. Like it, I I think it's a fun game. Um, I find uh, some like meditation in that, like the busyness of like having to manage the sushi restaurant element. That's my favorite part of the game. While the diving is fun, you definitely do spend the majority of your time diving. And so the, even despite how busy and sometimes stressful the sushi restaurant management can be, I find that to be the most rewarding because that's where it all comes. It all comes down to that. You, you, you catch all these fish, you go through all this, all these actions and you do all these things and you progress a, a pretty interesting story. I'll say, um, to get fish and catch new fish to, to have new different types of sushi and different recipes of like ramen and other types of things and make some money. Um, it's, it's it's a fun game. I I, I really liked it. I, this is the, the third, the game I poured the third most amount of time into this year on Switch. Though there's a game on PlayStation that I definitely played. Well, I played Final Fantasy 16 more because it was a longer game. But still, this is, a, this is a good game that you do not have to do everything. When you beat the game, which I have, there is extra game, like post-game content you can do. I'm going to dip my toes into it here and there, but I'm not like,
0: I don't feel pressured to do it. Fair enough. It's funny you mention a work sim being kind of relaxing for you because there is kind of a work sim on my list that I find equally relaxing, paradoxically. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because it's not eight? a relaxing job. But. Oh. Uh, my number eight is Advanced Wars One Plus Two Reboot Camp. Mm. Um, I, I love played the original. P- Pardon? I played the original. You did? Then I like you the know game. what. Honestly, you don't miss much because this is a very, very uh, safe, safe re-release. I I thought so. That's why I didn't get it. Yeah, um, I love me some tactical RPG gameplay. Um, I love anything with a grid-based map. I'm a sucker for that. Uh, The only reason that this game doesn't rank higher on my list is that, especially in Advance Wars 1, Some of the maps, instead of feeling like genuine back and forth battles with another general, they feel like puzzles. Mm. They feel like the designers had a specific way for you to solve certain maps. And if you deviate from that or you kind of don't catch on to what they're trying to tell you, uh, you just kind of can't beat them. Uh, So I do find that frustrating. But if you can look past that and if you can kind of look up a guide for some of those maps to grind your way through them, it's a pretty good experience here. I will say, did have a little bit of fun designing maps um, for multiplayer. Hmm. Um, you can do multiplayer, both online and uh, couch co-op. And Edgar and I attempted some couch co-op multiplayer, but unfortunately, I have vastly more experience with games like that, so he kind of got annihilated. <laughs> um but yeah it's it's very charmingly redone i love the graphics they're cartoony but they still look good and there's some cutscenes, voice acting uh the production qualities are really high here even if the actual gameplay remains pretty unchanged hmm. so all right yeah, that is my number eight what's your number seven my number seven should please you my number seven is super mario rpg Ooh, i like that i like to hear it Yeah. So I told you originally when I started playing this game, I was kind of not getting into it because I believe that it was pretty simple um, and a product of its time. So, you know, not a lot of complicated mechanics for an RPG.
1: It is both those things. And I think that it works for the game, not against it.
0: Well, and it's funny you say that because the longer I've been playing that, the more I've come around to see that. On top of it, it's really charming and cute. I like how they updated the graphics. My main bugbear with the game graphically is I don't like the design of the bosses. The non Mario, just the bosses, bosses. not like
1: the main. They're not the other enemies, right? No,
0: not the other enemies. The other non Mario enemies are, I think, charming and cute for the most part. I think all the bosses are really dumb monstrosities. I
1: don't entirely disagree with you. I'll I'll just leave it at that. In case
0: we do it for the show, which. It's which potentially on the on the board. Yeah, absolutely. And um I like how brief it is. I haven't beaten it yet, but I've gotten six out of the seven stars. So this probably will be a game I'm gonna beat. Um and probably pretty soon. Yeah, you're so you're close. It's it's pretty breezy, it's an enjoyable experience, and it does just enough to keep you engaged with the battles. The battles themselves aren't very complicated. Again, we said this was an RPG that came out, you know, in the mid to yeah. late nineties. But the uh, uh, button presses, the synchronized button presses, keep you engaged enough to keep battles fresh. And, you know, you're not hitting the snooze button. And, and games
1: are like battles are pretty quick. You're yeah. in and out of battles. Yeah. Most battles um, like I did not run from a battle for the vast majority of the game. And Same. I and I was very easily leveled up like well enough to. And I did a little bit of grinding at the end to, to max out a level 30, but. I'm not going to provide any context for this, but just going to ask you, did you get or have you found the lazy shell? I have not. All right. Um, if you don't want to try to find it in the game's world by, you know, talking to people and figuring out what items might some characters might want um, and giving it to them, uh, just look it up and get it. OK,
0: I will. Lazy shell.
1: Cool. All right. What is your number six or seven? My number yeah. seven is Final yeah. Fantasy five
0: oh yes okay yeah. excellent that's a great one tell us yeah why.
1: um i mean the job system i am gonna say the same thing that everyone else says i mean the story i ended up liking more than i thought i would I, everyone says that final fantasy 5 is a weak story but the job system is so good and oftentimes they put it above other final fantasy games because they like the job system so much i found the job system to be great i found the story to be better than i expected and Kept me engaged throughout. It was definitely a longer game than the first four. They really seemed to like keep going up in length, but I did not mind. I was not deterred. Um, I mean, I was also playing that partially during having COVID. So that made kind of diving in and and binging it a little easier. And obviously, you know, the grinding um, is made so much easier with the the EXP and level um, job, like AP system, whatever they call boosts. Great game. Really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I think the story gets maligned. But if you really think about it, that's only if you're playing like Final Fantasy 4 and 7 and 9. And some of those entries that have very, very strong stories. Five, it's not bad. It's just not to those stakes. And it does get a little bit silly sometimes. But I don't think it's reputation as being kind of a garbage fire of a story is deserved no it's definitely not a garbage fire
1: i i enjoy it i i think and i think the end is pretty fun too i i i think it's a good it's a good game it's a really good game
0: i i it's it's a it's above mid-tier final fantasy for me um there's a mod uh, i don't know if you've heard of it but i believe it's called like four job fiesta or something like that do you know <laughs> of this no so um i think the mod is in the first crystal you get it's a random assortment of jobs and you only get four of them. And that's <laughs> how you play the game. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, I yeah, mean, if there's... you have
1: the pixel remaster boosts engaged, I would engage with that type of, you know, that type of thing.
0: Yeah. If you really want to test yourself, because this game, like it lends itself to so much experimentation. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, My number six is Vampire Survivors. Oh, OK. I I've really just got addicted to this game. And I don't I mean, it's a game that I can easily pick up again and be just as good at it. I I and I probably will. It's like a perfect like I just need a quick fix. Let's do it. Um, And my reasoning for that is be- I love Castlevania. And this game shamelessly rips off Castlevania in every possible way. It's so funny. Every type of like if you played one fu- Castlevania game, you'll recognize more than half the stuff in this game. I mean, like so many of the, the weapons, the enemies like it, there is so much influence there, but it's such an addictive game. I don't even I forgot what exact kind of genre it is, but you just like you pick a character. They have a particular power and you just you get attack automatically. All you need to do is just move around and take enemies down. And it, it's usually just like a visual uh, overload at times because eventually the, the waves of enemies keep coming and coming. And by that point, you've upgraded your weapons and you've got tons of them. And, like, there was a time where I thought my Switch was going to just shut down because there was so much going on on my screen at once. <laughs> it's um, it's a blast.
0: We should say the music slaps.
1: The music does slap. Yeah. Very, very, very slaps. So that's really all I have to say about Vampire Survivors. It's cool as hell. I highly recommend it. It's like three bucks on Switch. Yeah. Get it.
0: I have it. I just need to play more of it. Uh, but everything you're saying is correct. And as you said, if there's even 1% of you that has any fondness for Castlevania, this game will yeah definitely um what is your number six my number six is the rhythm final fantasy final bar (laughs) line
1: I was waiting to see where this would fall on your list
0: yeah um I love rhythm games I love music games I love final fantasy I love final fantasy music this is kind of a natural combination of all those things I think the reason this game made my list isn't necessarily because I played it for a super super long time like I think I have 15 to 20 play hours um, on it. But this is a game that this past year, every time, not every time, but frequently, when I've had downtime to play games and it's only like 10 minutes or 15 minutes or five minutes, and I want to pick up my Switch and play something, it's typically this game. I can play a few songs, I can kind of get that dopamine boost, and I can put it down. Um, I haven't engaged with any of the DLC, although it should be noted there is a massive amount of DLC for so many different Square Enix I games. I did see
1: that. I got the demo and I saw how many how much DLC there is and it's crazy.
0: And they just keep adding more. Um, I haven't gotten any of it. I'm tempted to get the Chrono Trigger stuff, but I haven't yet. Uh, this is the, kind of the best of the best of the theater rhythm games. I have all of them, uh, but this is, I would say, my favorite one. It's just, it's great. It's like, they even have Final Fantasy music from like Final Fantasy XVS, the like mobile game. Damn. Uh, It's very well represented. And there's a ton of like cute nods and winks to Final Fantasy history. Also your party, you create a party of four and the party members available to you in this game are massive and include the villains, which is fun. So you can have a party with like Kuja, Sephiroth, Sid from Final Fantasy XIII and who who the fuck cares villain from final fantasy 15 i don't know but you I can don't even know,
1: i don't even know who that is
0: yeah um so great game great rhythm game if you like final fantasy music i would say check it out
1: okay we're in top 5
0: territory now yes what is your number 5 So I will say for my six through ten, that wasn't quite set in stone, the order of them. But I will (laughs) say my top five and certainly my top three are absolutely in the order that I want.
1: I thought for a moment you're gonna be like, you know, number six through ten. Those aren't those are not
0: real games. These are real games. (laughs) No. Uh, So my number five is Super Mario Wonder. Okay, this is a game I had a lot of fun with particularly because I played it uh, with both my friend Javier and Edgar as well. And playing this game co-op with someone else elevates it to kind of a different level. It's a great game when you're playing on your own. There's a lot of creative ideas. It's really fun. But playing it with someone else, especially to see the wonder effects, uh, is something special. Did you play this with Miranda at all? No, I didn't do any co-op at all. Okay. um, I think that might change your view of the game. I think if you play with Miranda and kind of show her uh, just how like crazy this game can get with some of the wonder effects and how yeah. creative they are. We've talked about this before, but it's not like Super Mario Wonder breaks new ground or does anything other games haven't done in years past. It just has that Mario quality to it and it puts it all together in a like really appealing package.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the game is definitely good. I, I would very much recommend it. I had a good time and I just love how much room and the developers were given to kind of like express their creativity.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited for what the next 2D Mario has in store. Yeah. What I really want is a 3D Mario, but I'll take what well, I can get.
1: Yeah. Don't we all. Um, I'll speak very briefly about my number five. My number five is Final Fantasy four. We did a whole episode on it. We sure so did. check it out. Um, it's a great Final Fantasy game, some great characters and a really excellent story that. Um, yeah, I it's a, it's a fantastic, fantastic game. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Perfect. Um, my number four is Super Mario RPG.
0: OK, not surprising.
1: And I guess the the perspective I'll add without getting two to it into it is that I it's a it's a Super Nintendo game I love dearly and the more time I spent with this I mean despite some very minor ripes there's some some character name changes that I wasn't a fan of and some like item name changes that I'm like I don't get why they did this but I don't think I will ever replay the Super Nintendo one and I say that with so much love for the Super Nintendo one it's really great I this is a really they did a phenomenal job remaking this game. And it's the definitive way to play the game now, I feel like. And some people might come at me um, for that, but I don't care. It's a it's a it's a really excellent game. And so I'm glad it was on your list um, and I'm happy to have it as my number four. My my I'm not going to say my top three is where it got tricky. It was kind of my top two, but I, I I'm comfortable with what I've done. So and <laughs> I, what you, you
0: yeah, can live with what you've done with this
1: chaos I've wrought. And I, yeah. uh, I do not think you are going to guess my number one. I don't think you okay. can. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm curious because I don't tell you everything I play. I mean, I actually probably did at one point. I just maybe I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what is your number
0: four? Uh, my number four is Pikmin four. Okay. Yeah. So I had never played a Pikmin game before. Uh, but I knew 4 was coming out, so I downloaded the demo of 3, and I wasn't super um, thrilled with it. It's It was fine, um, but I, I, I thought it was a little too kind of simple. Um, I read reviews of 4, and I heard that 4 was a very good point to jump into the series. So I got it, and I have to say Pikmin 4, I, I doubt I'll ever go back and play 1, 2, or 3 um, based on things I've read about them, but 4 is charming as hell. There is a cute, cute, cute dog character that you ride around, um, and <laughs> he just warms my heart every time I see him. Uh, I have actually beaten this game. Uh, there's a lot of post-game content, but I did actually beat this one. <laughs> um, and I would say it's worth your time. Um, it's it's both a combination of real-time strategy and puzzle solving. Okay. Where you're trying to manipulate objects in the environment for the Pikmin and, and collect resources and kind of manage them and protect them from enemies and things like that. Uh, there's a lot going on, but it's it's both hectic, but also deeply relaxing because of the music, because of the very peaceful environments um, and just because of the ambiance overall. All right. So if you have not played Pikmin 4, there is a demo of it on the eShop. I would say just check it out. You might like it.
1: I haven't played any pikmin games i can't say that i'm going to even though i don't it's not like the kind of series that i don't want to play because i don't think i'm going to like it it's one of those like i'm getting better at being like i don't have time to play everything so i need to just make some decisions to not play certain games sometimes i falter like i basically was like i'm not playing pokemon anymore and then i played scarlet and we all know how that ended (laughs) um but um yeah so maybe it's it's a maybe and it's a real it's an earnest maybe I, I, I'm i not saying maybe but I mean no I, I just I need to you know maybe when I have a kid I'll have more time
0: yeah right <laughs> uh, what's your number three my number three Um, this is a game that I had I, I played a lot of games in the series but I never played the first one and I've been playing the first one lately and it is charming the heck out of me uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney the oh very okay. first one Nice. I played many of them. I played Apollo Justice. I played the other Phoenix Wright games. Uh, I even played the Phoenix Wright game that's set in like feudal Japan or whatever. Um, But I never played the first one. So I own the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy on Switch. And I've been playing the other two. But I decided, uh, you know what? I'm going to play the first one. I was hesitant to play the first one because the first game in any series, I'm worried it's going to be archaic. I'm worried that they kind of didn't figure it out yet. Uh, But no, they got it right out of the gate. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is just like the other games. It's even sharper. Um, The the cases feel really fresh. I think they kind of stretch some of the situations in the other games, and some of the cases get a little ridiculous. Um, But I think Ace Attorney, the first one, they're just clever enough. They don't get too crazy, um, and the writing is very, very sharp. Um, Have you ever played any of the Ace Attorney games?
1: No, um, but it is a series that I want to try like at least one game of, you know, when there's like so many games, you're like, I want to pick the what everyone views as the best one, play that and then I'll be satisfied. Um, I, I plan to do that. I also I have have a copy of the very first Professor Layton game that I've been Mm. meaning to do that with. Yeah. Um, And so at one point I will, I will play both those games.
0: Yeah, I recommend um yeah, I recommend Ace Attorney. I recommend starting with the first one. Um and the trilogy frequently goes on sale on the eShop. So I'm I did notice
1: that. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, my number three
1: I also don't need to talk that long about. It is Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, another just absolutely outstanding remake job. Um different enough where it felt like I couldn't entirely utilize all of my skills from Resident Evil four, my experience playing that game to death um, to help me. But I I beat this game to death. I did it on. I did everything (laughs) I did. uh, I did um, hardcore mode. I did professional mode. I did professional mode, beating beating it in like less than three hours or whatever the time limit is. It's like I did. I did everything. And this game is just it's it's an all timer. It's an absolute all timer. Um, I, I would. I don't want to distinguish it from the original. I I, I want to just kind of say Resident Evil Four is like possibly a top ten game ever for me. Period. And it's it, you know we you listen to our episode on it. it's a very early episode and I think we we touch on it then. But it, it is just like an such a fun game to play. It, it's it's one of the most fun gameplay experiences I've ever had. It's a game where I finish it and I immediately want to play it again. And I did multiple times. So it's like.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's the kind of game where you could just put it in my hands at any given moment, and I would be like, Oh, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. let's do this. Oh, yeah, um, it's great, so game. good in that way. Yeah, still haven't played the remake, but I'll get
1: highly recommend. Um, my number two, <laughs> my Tears God. of the Kingdom, I'm hesitating. It is, it's Legend of Zelda, Tears I of the figured. Kingdom.
0: Can I just say that mine is also Tears of the Kingdom, my number two? Okay, so should we just do a little Tears of the Kingdom? Back
1: I, I mean. I I, I kind of I don't want to spend like a ton of time. Um, I feel like most of the time I, I like I want to like devote time to explaining why it isn't my number one. Sure. Um, But actually, maybe that'll be more of like my explanation of of my number one. Will will make that clear. Um, I guess my little anecdote about Tears of the Kingdom is like, holy shit, Nintendo! You just got away with a massive Breath of the Wild DLC, and you know what? It's phenomenal. It's better than Breath of the Wild. I'll. I don't feel bad about saying that. Even the things that I think are weaker about it like the like the underworld whatever it's called is like it's whatever, you know, you don't have to engage in that. I, obviously, I beat the shit out of this game. I think my Switch here and reviews that I poured 135 hours into it. Yikes. Got I got everything or like I didn't get all the korok seeds obviously. I'm not a lunatic, but I got like I got you know all of the the, the main upgrades, all the main items, and I beat all like the the other bosses and all like the, the hard enemies. You know I did it all, and just it, it's a game that is just truly monumental in its achievement. I, I'm I'm just still kind of blown away by it. There's something about where I'm at in my gaming life though, where I sometimes I feel like these massive massive games are not resonating with me in the same way as some of the other more curated experiences. I fully agree with you. And that is why it is not my number one and why my number one is what it is because the fact remains that I lived and breathed Tears of the Kingdom for like over a month. It is all I thought about. I just wanted to play it all the time. And I love when a game does that. I also hate when a game does that. I li- I like to breathe and I'm not good at not binging games that are that addictive and that like, so in- entwined in not my, not my gaming history and like the zeitgeist. It's almost like I have the equivalent of Catholic guilt to <laughs> buy a Zelda game and not binge it and not just like beat the having ever living hell out of it and just give it my complete attention. your mileage may vary on that right not everyone's like that i know i have friends who just took their sweet time with it and i'm bless them for that i wish i could have done that i don't think that binging it made it a lesser game in my mind it's just it's how i chose to interact with it i have no regrets but i just i i there's something uh, there's i I'm, i'm preferring these more curated experiences um, in, in, in my, in my gaming life. And I think that I will probably never, I will never replay this game. Yeah. And that's a little bit of a bummer because I guarantee you, I'm going to replay Twilight princess. I'm going to replay wind waker. I'm going to replay Ocarina of time again and Bajora, but I'm not going to replay this.
0: Understandable. Yeah. Open world games. Like it's such a big ask to replay them. Like the idea of replaying fallout three, as fun as that sounds to me right now, like I I just can't do it.
1: Yeah, it does sound really fun, though. I mean, Fallout, I, I've been wanting to like I, I want to play New Vegas. I just but I also don't. I never played New Vegas. It's like I can get a fresh experience. Some people say it's the best one. Um,
0: I, I can enjoy the things I liked about Fallout, Fallout 3, but I just I don't have it in me. Yeah. And sometimes you don't. And it's funny that you mentioned more curated experiences, you know, to you at this moment in time, kind of trumping something big and open, like Breath of the, or no, I'm sorry, Tears of the Kingdom, because I went through the same journey. And I think the difference for me is that Tears of the Kingdom is a game you can get lost in, or I got lost in, like both literally lost in the game, but also kind of metaphorically lost, like just lost in it. Mm-hmm um however i will say my number one was addicting to me there's a difference right like getting lost in a game you know i could play tears i could play tears of the kingdom right now even though i haven't been thinking about it or craving playing it and i'll probably play it for three hours because i'll get lost and i'll try and do one thing and then wander off and do something else and something else and something else but i can put it down and i don't have that deep deep craving to go play it again as soon as i can you know what i mean I do. And now I'm very excited to hear your number one. Or should I be? Uh, no, you can be. Would you like me to reveal my number one? Please do. Fire Emblem Engage. Okay. Um, best Fire Emblem i played, and i played many of them. All the modern ones, uh, definitely. And I've dipped my toes in the older ones. It it does not have the best story that goes to three houses, but in every other possible metric, it excels over every other Fire Emblem game and a lot of tactical games that I played and I have played my fair share.
1: I have heard it is like the D-Squirtiest Fire Emblem game that just kind of cuts to all of what makes Fire Emblem games great from a gameplay perspective and makes it like streamlined and like more rapid fire. Is that true?
0: Yes. The, okay. the story is anime nonsense, but it's not offensive. It's not god awful. It's just pretty basic. It's fine. It's good versus evil, whatever. There's a couple of twists and turns here and there, but it's nothing to write home about. It is the gameplay that shines. I would end battles and immediately like want to go into another one to try out a different strategy, to try out a new character, to try out a different class, to try out a different set of items. I don't normally replay games on harder difficulties or very rarely. Uh, I started a new game in Fire Emblem Engage on hard mode just to get that experience and make it harder on myself. Hmm. I, I also think that Engage does DLC right and DLC can be really hard to get right sometimes. It features a combination of both DLC that you can incorporate into the main campaign, which I love. But it also features DLC, which is a completely separate side story with its own save file and its own things going on, which I also love. (laughs) And oftentimes games will kind of pick one or the other of those two things. Fire Emblem Engage gives you both. Um, This is, as you said, this is so D-squirty. I was absolutely addicted to this game. I thought about it all the time. I thought about it at work. I thought about it when I was watching TV with Edgar. Um, and this was the game where for a, probably like a month, Edgar would be like, hey, do you want to do something? And I would just be like, go away. It's Fire Emblem Engage time. Um, That's kind of how I
1: was with Tears of the Kingdom. Miranda just knew that it was going to consume my life.
0: Absolutely. Um, great game. Yeah, this one consumed my life. And I'm not at all sorry about that.
1: <laughs> Don't tell be- me you're number one. My number one is Outer Wilds
0: wow okay that is that is a surprise to me
1: yeah and i i feel i fear that i'm not going to do this game justice but because i didn't like i we didn't i, I don't know about you i've only prepared a list and prepare anecdotes
0: can um, we, sorry just to peek behind the curtain and yeah. behind the scenes can we do that for the podcast someday
1: oh i I would love to yeah. <laughs> I would absolutely love to I can't even begin to think about how we would do it and maybe it's simpler than i'm i i suppose there's like a technical linear path but you don't know it until you've beaten the game once right and and in hopes that you remember it I actually don't remember um and so if I played the game again, I think that I would um well let me give a bit more context for this yeah yeah so outer wilds is a time loop game, and I don't me- mean to say that to reduce it to that fact. Um, you play a a humanoid, I mean a bipedal um, being of, of of an unnamed, you know, race of of beings that, well, actually they are named, but I forget it. Um, and you 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 wake up and you find a ship, and you get in the ship and you explore it. And some things happen before you get on the ship, but I'm going to just leave things out for spoilery re- reasons. You realize after 22 minutes, a star in the galaxy, and they're in this particular solar system that you're in, will go supernova, and it will send you back to waking up on the planet you start on again. And this game involves waking up, getting in your ship, flying to one of the many different planets or other planets, things orbiting in this or in this solar system and landing on these planets and trying to discover what is happening. Why is this time loop happening and how do I stop it? And the, it is a story. It's a, it's a story that does not, um, it's not like laid out in a way that treats you like an idiot. It is a game where you do need to read some things. A lot of things to get the story. As someone who likes Dark Souls, I assume that you you will probably like that, but it's not entirely like Dark Souls in that sense. Um, I don't know how quite to distinguish the two, but all I can say is it is just, it really is so like mystifying and it keeps you wanting to play and discover more. It is a game that when you you land on this planet and maybe if you didn't land on it with enough time and you you find like a, a piece of um, of lore... And you're reading it and it leads you to a clue to another planet that you need to go on and find something on. And then the Sargo supernova. And you're like, shit, I got to get back to that planet and learn more about what happened and finish like reading the lore. And, and like, it is a puzzle game. You are, you are going from planet to planet to planet is solving one giant puzzle. And that is the mystery of why the supernova is happening and how do I stop it and where the game goes and where it takes you on that to finding that answer is so beautiful and so interesting and so clever. And this is all, I'm I'm lauding the game for all these things and I, I haven't even lauded the game yet for how incredible its flying physics are. It takes some, some time getting used to. I was very bad at it and it almost made me bounce off the game because I was so bad at it. But it has got some really excellent um, spacecraft flying physics and once you figure that out, if you take the time to learn it, I do not think it is too high of a difficulty spike. I think I just had I was being very impatient. It is not easy, but it's also not too hard. It's not unfair. And uh, once you nail that and you will because you need to in order to land on these planets and then eventually it'll become second nature. I became so good at it. Um. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on a lot. No, it, please continue. It, I, I love hearing it. It is. It is just just a beautiful, beautiful game. And it is my number one for all the reasons I just stated. And also because it is a game I just don't think I'm ever going to forget. I will always remember my experience playing it. It's not like a I can remember where I was and what I was wearing and stuff like well, I can remember where I was. I'm in very limited places, <laughs> but uh, it's not like it, it's not something quite like that. It's not a memory necessarily. I'm going to go back to in that way but it is just a general experience an in-game experience that I'm not going to forget. It's so imaginative. It's so creative. I really wish that it had won more like major awards. It was nominated for a lot, um, but it, it was just, it was just an incredible experience and I would love to do it for the show.
0: Yeah. I was going to check it out at some point, no matter what, but um, you're making me want to kind of jump into it ASAP. So yeah. And I I would love to hear your experience doing it. I mean, I, people
1: that I know who recommended the game to me, um, including one, like my, both my brothers and including Jason, friend of the podcast, he, you know, I, they kind of got maybe a little bit of an earful. I mean, not, not really. I, I did a little bit of bitching about like the flying and the, the things about the game I didn't like. But by the end, of, those things that I didn't like didn't really piss me off that much. And okay. I mean, I think it's a game that everyone should experience. If you want to, try to figure everything out and you just kind of want the experience to go a little bit faster and you want to look where up where to go next. I don't think that that will take away from the experience. I think there is a lot to, there's a lot that's placed in, a lot of the the good parts about the game is like discovery, but I don't think it diminishes, to know where to go next doesn't diminish the impact of what happens there or why you go there or what the solution to a puzzle would be. I think it's all very fascinating. And so I would, I would rather someone experience it that way than not experience it at all.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. I I intend to pick it up for sure. I have two weeks off at the end of December. uh, So maybe I will play it then. Oh, very exciting. Yeah. 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 Um, Um, We did it. We did it. That was our list for uh, top 10 games of 2023. Um, Any sum up uh, thoughts about 2023 in gaming or in life? I have
1: nothing else to say about about gaming 2023. I mean, should we go through our list really quickly to just to, so everyone has a complete picture since we're going back and forth um, yes, as we do I, with the drafts?
0: I deleted mine as I went along from my list <laughs> on my phone. Oh, But man. I can try and do it from memory.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, well, then maybe, we should, maybe we shouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, I mean... I can list mine. I can at least do that. Okay. I mean, I'll just, I'll go through and do mine. So my number 10 is Octopath Traveler 2. Number nine, Final Fantasy 16. Number eight, Dave the Diver. Number seven, Final Fantasy 5. Number six, Vampire Survivors. Number five, Final Fantasy 4. Number four, Super Mario RPG, the remake. Number three, Resident Evil 4 remake. Number two, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Number one, Outer Wilds.
0: All right. If I remember mine, number one or I'm sorry, number ten was the Teal Mask DLC. Yes. Number nine was <laughs>
1: Final Number Fantasy
0: one, 3. Fire Emblem Engage. <laughs> I think no, your number nine was Final Fantasy Three. Final Fantasy Three, yes. Then my number eight was Advance Wars, is that correct? I believe so. Uh my number seven was was that Theat Rhythm? <laughs> no, I think that was number six or something. No, it's okay. Ah, it's okay.
1: Sorry, listeners, if you really wanted to get Aaron's list,
0: go back and listen again. Go back and listen again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, what was your least favorite game of the year? You want to
0: tell that game to go pound sand to close this out? Um, My least favorite game of the year. You know, I don't like I don't really play games that I hate so much. Yeah. Um, I now that I,
1: I said that out loud, I, I don't I don't really either. Um, yeah, no, I got nothing. Okay. Well, would you want to play a game called like John Malkovich 64?
0: Well, it's funny you say that because I love the PS1 title being John Malkovich. No.